Do you know that your mindset is a habit? Your sense of personal power is a habit. The quality of your relationships is an outcome of your interpersonal habits. Your net worth is based on your money habits. Your business success is built on your entrepreneurial habits. Your ability to create everything you desire is directly related to your habits. So I'm glad you're here right now listening to the Max Potential Habits Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Amanda Barrientes, the founder of NFA Coaching, and every week I'll bring you tips, tools, and inspirational interviews that will help you learn how to cultivate strategic habits that will set you up to be a NFA habits master so you can create the life and business of your dreams on your terms. Now let's get to it. Welcome, welcome. Welcome back for the first time, or maybe you are returning. Today we have an incredible guest that I am very, very, very excited to introduce you to. This is Steve Westner. He's the founder and CEO of Predictive ROI, a digital marketing agency and the host of Onward Nation, a top-rated daily podcast for learning how today's top business owners think, act, and achieve. Onward Nation is listened to in 12, 120, oh, 120 countries around the world. Stephen is the author of three books, including the number one bestseller, Profitable Podcasting, and his digital marketing insights have been featured in Forbes.com, Entrepreneur.com, The Washington Post, and Inc. Magazine. Y'all listening, this is going to be an incredible podcast. I actually am reading his book right now, and I feel so honored that he's here. I reached out, and he was like, hey, you know, I've helped people build profitable podcasts, and he started his journey not that long ago in podcast world. I think it was three years ago, right, Steve? Yeah, we, we actually just had our fourth anniversary uh, about a week or so ago. Okay, so fourth anniversary. I was listening to your podcast on my run this weekend, and <laughs> I was hearing that, that, is, that that's where you're at right now, and just a really incredible story. So there's going to be a ton of value in this podcast, so stick around all the way through. Let's welcome Stephen on to our show today. Well, uh, Amanda, thanks very much for the invitation, and I'm grateful for our mutual friend and Zach Beach making the introduction so that you and I could connect, and, and thanks for inviting me. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. Yes, thank you. Um, I, I'm so curious. So I'm reading your book, obviously, mm-hmm. and I, as everyone listening knows, we're, this is a very new podcast, and I'm very upfront about my growth process and learning, and a lot of people, if you're new here, I'll just recap real quick. I started in podcast world because... For me, I think it's so valuable to have a free resource to help people learn and grow on the go. And, you know, we all have busy lives and sometimes people can't watch videos while they're doing stuff. And so podcasts are a really incredible way to learn a ton and bring together communities of people that would probably never meet otherwise. And I just think it's one of the most valuable things ever. So tell us how you got started in podcast land. Well, I, I would love to say it was part of this great grand strategy, um, you know, to build a, an, an audience and be helpful to an audience and 
Um, but the reality was, is that, you know, like most business owners, um, you find yourself at some point, you know, most business owners find themselves at some point in a valley, in a really dark spot, in a place of holy bananas, we're going to have to do something dramatic and we're going to have to really change our business. And, and that's what happened for us. And, and so it was in May of 2015, uh, my business partner and I had just come back from an onsite meeting with one of our clients and it didn't go well. We ended up losing that client and that client represented a significant percentage of our revenue. Um, and, and then that really made it painfully obvious that we were overstaffed at Predictive, um, you know, the company that I run, Predictive ROI. And, and so we had to do something different. We needed BizDev. And, and it was really ironic too, I mean, because, you know, here we are, this digital marketing agency that specialized at the time, specialized in generating leads and filling uh, a client's pipeline uh, with well-prepared prospects. And we were doing a horrible, horrible job of that for ourselves. And, and so it was um, May 15th, uh, Sunday, or it was a Sunday afternoon and bright and sunny outside. And I was watching my daughter, you know, through our dining room window. So I was sitting at the table and watching her playing with her friends at the park in our neighborhood and everything was hunky dory outside. And I was being torn up inside because I either had to face the decision of I need to let some really talented, super awesome people on my team go, or we needed to do something dramatic. So I fired off an email to my team and I said, okay guys, here's what we're going to do. We're gonna launch a daily show. It's gonna be called Onward Nation. We're gonna interview the very best business owners that I can essentially get a hold of. We're gonna interview them, uh, share that, and you know, we're gonna get some really awesome prospects to come our way and want us to do their stuff for them. Uh, now obviously that's not a strategy, but that was, that was the depth of my strategy. Um, and, and, and to my team's credit, we launched Onward Nation uh, 30 days later. Uh, it was a daily show. And praise God, uh, within 60 days, we had uh, some guests come to us and say, hey, um, could you do that for me? And I'm like, do what for you? And they're like, could you build me a podcast? Hello. And, and you know, as any bright-eyed, desperate entrepreneur would say, uh, <laughs> yes, we can. Absolutely, we can do that. Uh, well, how much would you charge me? Um, how about this? And, and, and so we did. And all joking aside, one guest turned into another guest, turned into another guest, then a book. And, you know, and so now several years later, it's turned into, you know, something pretty significant. But uh, I would love to say it was part of a grand strategy. But what what is the 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 age old quote? What is it like? Desperation's the mother of all invention, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, and and we were definitely practicing that. Yeah, this is fascinating. Tell tell us what for you podcasting. How did that all of a sudden stand out as a beacon of hope for you? Uh, again, didn't didn't really know what else to do. Um, uh -huh. I, I was really nervous about you know the idea of doing like a daily YouTube show, and and I had been a guest of John Lee Dumas's you know EO Fire and 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 I thought well I I have a headset and I've listened to that episode. It didn't it it didn't it wasn't too bad, and so maybe I could you know take a stab at doing that. And and I'd been on you know one other show and and, and it was fine. And so I thought hmm, well you know I, I like to ask questions. I'm kind of curious, and and so I'll, I'll, I'll you know do a little hail mary here and and see if that and see if it works and, and praise God it did. But yeah. um, so I other than that, I mean that that was literally the depth of well, let's do that. 
I love this. I mean, I think reading your book, I got that piece too, where it was like, it wasn't necessarily a planned out strategy, but you executed it so quickly because you had some idea that it might work and your team pulled together to go, okay, we're all desperate right now. Let's figure this out as fast as we can. Right. And then it worked. That isn't, yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, I know we'll talk about habits later, um, but uh, if if there's anything, I guess, a habit or a skill set of mine that I'm grateful for, mm-hmm. it's it's the fact of, you know, some people call it stubbornness. Uh, other people call it inflexibility. I, I call it discipline. Um, is, is that when, when I when I get committed to a certain thing, I mean, I will drill that, you know, hole uh, definitely like a mile deep. I don't go an inch inch wide or I do go an inch wide and a mile deep uh, versus being surfaced across a lot of things. And so, you know, thankfully we drilled and drilled and drilled and kept on drilling and stay focused and it turned into something really, really special. But all of that credit goes to my team, our mentors. We got great advice along the way and we stayed super diligent on what we were committed to do. Yeah. So in those beginning stages, when you decided to do the podcast, did you map out, I know in your book, you talk about a strategy that we can talk about the Trojan horse strategy. Tell us a little bit about that. How quickly did that come into play for you? Well, uh, it, it, um, it came into play probably about, let's see, let me, let me get the timeline, right. It came into play probably about four months into the show. So the show was live for about 60 days. A couple of the guests came back to us and said, Hey, could you do that for me? We said yes, like I said a few minutes ago, we produced those shows, launched those shows, and then, but we were still struggling with BizDev. I mean, that was two opportunities, right? And we had a big hole to fill. And, and so thankfully, one of those shows we produced also happens to be um, the show of one of my most influential mentors uh, in my life. His name is Drew McClellan, and he's the CEO of the Agency Management Institute. <clears throat> and so, you know, we have a lot of, um, you know, calls back and forth. And he and I are also very good friends. And, and so, and we're members of AMI, uh, again, Agency Management Institute uh, at Predictive. And so during one of those kind of late night calls, he's like, you know, and I'm, and I'm kind of complaining about biz dev or the lack thereof. And he says, okay, look, um, Onward Nation's awesome. Uh, the show you built for me is awesome. Why in the world are you not doing this for others? And, and out of desperation, I'm like, awesome. Who, who, who would we do this for? And he's like, oh, for Pete's sake, seriously, you've interviewed now, the show's been live for, you know, four or five months. You've interviewed a couple hundred business owners. Like, why on earth would you not go back to business owners who are obviously, you know, open to podcasting because they were your guest and ask them if they don't have a show, would they like one? I'm like, that's freaking brilliant. And, and so we did. Uh, I reached back out. It was mid-November. I reached back out to 23 of them. 14 agreed to phone calls. Uh, and six said yes. We closed $223,000 of biz dev in like two weeks. Wow. I'm like, um, okay, this works. And then it's, it's so fascinating. Sometimes we don't see the ticket right under our noses. <laughs> uh, amen. So like for yeah. your listeners, and that isn't something like uniquely gifted to me. That isn't, uh, now granted, we set ourselves up for success because we had developed good relationships with guests and we'd put out a good product. I get all of that. But yeah. to your point, we, we can all find low hanging fruit opportunities. If we just set the stress aside for a second, and give ourselves the grace to actually think clearly for five minutes sometimes. 
Yes. And then be able to see the opportunities that are right in front of us. But oftentimes there's so much going on and so much distraction and so much pressure and whatever that we can't give ourselves the grace of five clean minutes mm-hmm. to come up with something. I love this. I really want to highlight this for listeners too. And that's so powerful. So when you're in a constant stress state, your brain does not function the same way as when you take some time to calm down your amygdala, which causes you to worry and stress and you cannot see things clearly. You only see in black and white when you're in a stress state. So if you're in a hyper stress state in your business right now, make sure you take a few minutes, five minutes, you're saying, talk to some people, get some ideas and just give yourself that break from the stress state. I love that you said that. Just set aside the stress for a few minutes so that you can actually see more clearly and come up with some strategic ideas to grab the low hanging fruit that's probably there for you. Yeah. And, and I look, I, I have felt the pressures. I have felt the dramatic pressure of whether it's finance, whether it's admin, whether it's marketing, sales, it doesn't matter. I have felt all of it. And I'm not saying this as easy as, well, I'm just going to take five minutes here. I'm going to set aside. I get the pressure. Mm -hmm. But if you don't give yourself the grace of, okay, that that burning problem is going to be here in five minutes. Mm -hmm. If, if If I don't just get up from my desk, go take a walk, for five minutes and think, it's like, okay, how can I reset this? How can I think creatively? How can I think about low hanging fruit? Who are the clients that I'm already working with who could give me a referral, who I could potentially provide additional value for an upsell, right? Where I, I could take my relationship deeper with them. Or, or is there a partner who might be able to give me referrals? Could I do a webinar? Could I co-teach something? Could I speak for free at a biz dev thing and, yeah. and get my name, right? It's like, we have to change our, as Tony Robbins likes to say, our state. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, to your point, the amygdala was like, okay, you know, I'll release the floodgates here and give you some ideas. Yeah. I love that too. And everyone listening, I, what Stephen just did is so powerful. He, he, he was showing you how to switch into the how can I mindset. So instead of going, I'm scared, I don't know what to do. And you're focusing on the problems and the fear, you switch into this place of going, how can I? Who do I know? Who can I reach out to for help? What can I do here? And so you get into solution-based action mode instead of fear-based passive inaction that really keeps you stuck in that. And I love what you're saying too of where it isn't, you know, stress and it's not realistic to go, oh, you're going to solve all of your business's problems in five minutes. But if you do that on a consistent daily basis, you're going to be a lot farther ahead because that stress is always going to be there. Building a business takes a a certain level of stress on a consistent Mm. basis. And the way that you handle that stress really matters. Amen to that. Uh, to your point about sort of the the economics of of the how can I? Um, I was listening to a presentation by Dan Kennedy. Uh, this was years ago, but <clears throat> I thought he made a very or a, a really excellent point, and it was on the topic of uh, marketing to the affluent, and and the whole point or the pushback from the audience was or person in the audience was well i can't charge that i i can't charge that because the cost per sale or the cost per acquisition is going to be so high and and or i can't advertise in that place because you know the cost per acquisition is going to be so high he's like no 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 hang, hang on a second instead of thinking about how to lower your price or run away from the cost per sale of that instead think how can I make those economics work? So how can I, instead of being afraid of charging $8,000 or $10,000, how could I charge $20,000 in order to make the cost per sale work and think about what additional value could I put into that engagement, relationship, whatever, that would now be worth $20,000 and then you don't care what the cost per acquisition is. And so when I heard that, I'm like, oh, 
well, just change the game entirely. And it makes yeah. complete sense. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so solutions and strategy-based thinking versus fear-based stuck thinking yep. <laughs> makes a huge difference. Yep. Um, to talk to the listeners a little bit about your, the Trojan horse, mm. the way that that process works. Well, so uh, again, back to the lesson with Drew, that, that was before we called it the Trojan horse, but that was, okay, so when I reached out to 23, 14 said, yeah, I'll have a call. Six said, yes. I'm like, oh, that was interesting. And, and so then, you know, we did those and, and all of that. And, and then, um, you know, probably six or seven months after that, in, I think it was a conversation with Drew and he and I were going back and forth and, and I, I'm, come from a, a long line of Greek entrepreneurs. So the Trojan horse strategy is something a little bit near and dear to us anyway. <laughs> and, and I'm like, this is interesting. It's kind of like, it's kind of like we're Trojan horsing the prospects. He's like, well, that's interesting. And then we kind of, you know, continue to play on that. And it was like, this is like the Trojan horse's sales, meaning that the whole story of the Trojan horse, you know, there was a 10 year war for the battle of Troy and the Greeks leave and they leave the Trojan horse, you know, on the beach and the Trojans unsuspectingly wheel it through the gates. You know, they couldn't uh, get past those tent or those super high walls for, for 10 years. And then they bring the, the, the horse through the city gates okay, everybody knows the story, the Greek strike forces in the belly of the horse, and then they sack the city. And so essentially the Trojan horse strategy is, if I'm interviewing Amanda, and Amanda doesn't know that she's one of our Dream 25 prospects, and she comes onto the show, I'm an easier yes because our podcast is listened to in 120 countries. Mm -hmm. We have tens of thousands of email subscribers. We have great relationships with people on LinkedIn. So she says yes to me, not because I'm an agency owner looking for a new client, but because I'm a media channel. I'm a conduit to an audience that might be helpful to her in mm -hmm. growing her business. So she says, yes, but then it's not like we hang up. And then afterwards I'm like, so, um, <clears throat> Hey, Amanda, how's about we get to third base with our relationship? That feels <laughs> yucky. Nobody wants that. Yeah. But, but what does happen then is we warm Amanda up on social. We, we feature her smarts in email campaigns. We create an ebook around her smarts. All of a sudden, there's a long form LinkedIn post. There's videos highlighting the excellence of Amanda. And it just goes on and on and on and on until probably 120 days later after the interview is aired. I loop back and I say, Hey, Amanda, uh, thanks again for being a guest on my show. Really loved our conversation. When you said this, super smart. That made me think about why, and we happen to do why really well here at Predictive. Is there a day or time, maybe next week, we sit down and chat about that? Amanda says yes, because we've just done all of these amazing things, highlighting her smarts, and it never feels like biz dev. Yeah. That's the point of the Trojan horse. It cannot feel schmutzy. If it feels yeah. schmutzy, it won't work. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's brilliant. Sales strategy. If you think about, I always think about sales as caring. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I care about the people I'm working with, if what I'm bringing to them offers value and I'm not reaching those people, then I'm actually hurting them by not sharing what I have with them. Right. So it's this constant like, okay, I'm going to bring value. I'm going to bring value. I'm going to bring value. And then when on my podcast, I say, Hey, I have a new workshop. The people who listen to me on a regular basis are like, of course I want to work with Amanda because she's brought me all this value for months and months on her podcast. And it just makes sense. I've done it, you know, for a lot of the workshops I've gone to, I have a similar, it, that's how they did that. You know, I thought, oh, I've been listening to you. I love what you're teaching. I can't wait to meet this person. And I go to their workshop. And it's, a, I think podcasting that way is so brilliant. So that's an incredible strategy. And so do you have, um, 
I'm in the middle of the book, so I haven't gotten to read the whole thing yet. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's happening because it's very valuable. So for all of those of you listening, it's called Profitable Podcasting, which we talked about in the intro. And if you're interested in podcasting, there is a wealth of information here. And I think part of the value of it too is that you're giving business strategy. It's not just podcasting strategy. It's also personal growth and business strategy. And, you know, when I was going through the evaluation you have in here up front, Mm -hmm. um, I was like, oh, wow, this is really powerful to think about what, what, where am I in my stage of business growth and what am I missing in this evaluation? So really useful for everyone listening. Tell us some ways, you know, for the people who are just starting podcasts, what are some of your tips and tools there? So the the very first thing that I would suggest somebody to think through is why have a podcast? And and so on the surface, it might be, well, there are tons of people listening to podcasts. And and yes, that's true. There's a growth in podcasts. Yes, that's true. Um, Maybe you have an inclination for audio versus video. Okay, awesome. Um, but, but, but the why needs to be deeper than that because we as business owners, we don't need an additional thing to hit our task list. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, we're, yeah. we're, we're busy. We've got stuff. We've got priorities all over the place. So I would urge, as you were just you know, talking about with the book, I would urge listeners to think, okay, why do I want to do this from a business strategy perspective? It's because potentially that, well, I think that if I do an episode a week, so 52 episodes a year, I'm going to take that content and I'm going to turn that into workshop curriculum. So maybe you teach workshops like Amanda does. And if so, that could be a cool opportunity, right? Let the podcast interviews build your workshop content. Awesome. Or I'm going to take these 52 episodes and I'm going to carve out 15 of them. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to highlight those as solo cast, me without a guest. And those 15 episodes are going to be the foundation for 15 chapters in a book. Maybe. So awesome. Or um, I'm going to turn that into a webinar series or an ebook series, or I'm going to take several of these episodes and we're going to turn those into ebooks and I'm going to put those into Facebook campaigns in order to build a list. Awesome. Potentially. So, or I'm going to make map out my dream 25, my prospects who I really want to be doing business with, and I'm going to invite them to be guests on the show to apply the Trojan horse. So my point there's in, you know, those are six, right? There's a litany of them. But my point is don't sit down at the microphone. Don't run out to Amazon and buy an ATR 2100 and, 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 and say, I'm going to start recording audio and throw it out to iTunes because that's going to be great. Now my business is going to be filled with leads because it won't be. And that's why most people quit at seven episodes because there's no business strategy behind it. So think strategy first would be my opinion. Okay. That's great. Um, One thing I really valued in your book too, is you talking about how quickly you can actually get one up and running. Yes. I think people really overthink it. And I can say this in some ways because when I started podcasting, I, I had this idea for quite a while and I had a lot of other business development stuff going on. And I thought, I definitely know that podcast is on my list because I was so drawn to it myself when I was going for personal growth and development. It was great resources. And so I was at a conference with somebody and we started talking and I'm like, I have this really great idea for a podcast. And he was one of those guys that was like, okay, let's do it. So like the next week we were up and running. <laughs> and it was really cool because I wouldn't have probably taken that on on my own at that period of time. But then about two months into that podcast, I was like, oh, I totally got this now. Uh, it's not that hard. So, you know, from your perspective, you started with a daily podcast, which mm-hmm. is a pretty huge endeavor. Uh, and you got that up and running within 30 days to tell us, uh, who's everyone who's listening, if they're new to podcasting, how hard is that process? Well, 
okay, so to get a daily up in 30 days for us, it was hard because, um, you know, we, it was, it was a big learning curve for uh, me and my team, mostly me. Um, you know, they responded, uh, exceptionally well because they're awesome. Um, but I, but I had a lot to learn and the, the biggest piece with trying to do daily, right. Versus like once a week, you know, you talk about four interviews versus 25. That's just a lot of yeah. stuff that needs to be recorded. Right. Yeah. Um, and so then there's, you know, the guest list and the introduction, there was just a lot of volume of that. So it wasn't necessarily like super complicated and that kind of stuff. There was some of it that we had to figure out. Uh, but, but for me, it was just being able to carve out that number of, uh, that number of hours to get that type of audio, that volume of audio recorded. I mean, that was the biggest constraint. Yeah. Yeah. And would you say for you, obviously your podcast has, it, it's been a dual growth process. It sounds like with it's your podcast has grown predictive and predictive has grown your podcast. Is, would you say that's true? Um, I would think so, but it's, it's, it's really more the, is I think that that is true, but I think the the biggest piece has been the podcast growing predictive, okay. um, because Onward Nation, uh, with, without a doubt, is the greatest business development thing that we have ever done. Mm -hmm. Onward Nation has led to a book, which led then to more biz dev because of um, that book, mm -hmm. um, and and it's opened up additional opportunities for new books, uh, speaking opportunities for me. So Onward Nation is definitely, whatever metaphor you want to use, the Trojan horse, the tip of the spear, the front end of everything that we do. Um, I mean, it is, just, it is just the catalyst to the business. Yeah, yeah. And you're, I, I've listened to a few episodes. I know you do guests and you do solo casts mm -hmm. um, and you do them five or seven days a week. Well, so, okay. So interesting. Uh, in, in, as we were leading up to 2019, and this is going to sound a little bit counterintuitive, but let me kind of give the behind the curtain here for your listeners. So they know where I'm coming from with this. So it was probably about almost two years ago now. Um, my leadership team and I, along with Drew, we're at Disney world and we're standing in line for, uh, the, the, uh, the seven dwarfs mine train ride. Cause you know, I'm a Disney fanatic and, and Catherine on my team leadership team, she says to me, Hey, I'm thinking we ought to dial onward nation back to three episodes a week. I'm like, no, that's crazy. I'm not doing that. And she's like, no, you know, hear me out. And I shut the conversation down, you know, not very wise on my part, shut the conversation down. I'm like, no, we're not trimming it back to three hour or three episodes a week. Well, lo and behold, she was 100% spot on accurate. So that was a lesson learned there. It's like, whatever Kat says, just do that. Because, you know, she's, you know, she just has a, a better kind of pulse of things. And so a few months later, we did, we dialed it back to three episodes a week and actually saw the podcast grow a bit. I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. And what it then also gave me uh, time and space to launch a YouTube series. So we did. Okay. Um, so it gave me time and space to launch additional content to be helpful in a different channel. Yeah. All right. So then as we came into 2019, you know, the theme of this year was we're going to double down on our audience. We're going to double down in 2019. We're going to double down our audience, double down on clients, double down in all aspects of our uh, team, grow the team, grow audience, grow revenue, just grow everything. We're just doubling down. Mm -hmm. So it might seem counterintuitive to your listeners that the way that we decided to double down was actually to go to one day a week. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So then on the surface, like, well, why in you know, would you do that? Well, because then we got super committed to building out a resources library on predictive ROI that, and we just launched five new eBooks. We're putting out free courses and free webinars and putting not stuff with CTA or call to, calls to action behind it. It's just like free teaching. Yeah. 
So the only way that I would have the capacity to be able to do that was to reduce the number of episodes. Mm -hmm. And ironically, the podcast grew. (laughs) So it was completely counterintuitive. It was like, wait a minute, fewer episodes, the podcast actually grows. And we're putting out all this other stuff to be helpful. We are doubling down by doing less episodes. Yeah. So, so less quantity, more quality. Not that it wasn't quality before, but no, 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 I get it. Yeah. Right. We're, we're getting that much more intentional about every single episode. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's fascinating. What do you think led her to make that decision or, or bring that to you in the first place? Oh, well, one, she's smarter than me. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 I, and I'm not saying that sarcastically or flippantly. I, I, I think that she uh, understands it better than me. And that's the whole point, right? You're yeah. supposed to have people on your team who are brighter, smarter, wise, more capable than you. Yeah. And, and, and she certainly is. Um, and so I'm grateful for that. And, and so she pays attention to that stuff and she has seen what some of our other clients have done at one episode a week. Mm-hmm. So here we are, the anomaly mm-hmm. and here I'm selling packages, you know, selling, you know, service levels to clients based on what episode a week. And yet I'm actually doing more than that. Yeah. And, and so now that we've come in aligned with the same service level level that we're selling, uh-huh. it just, it just, it just makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I want everyone to highlight this. What's standing out to me and what you're saying is the willingness. It's, it's similar almost to the setting time aside to move the stress aside. It's a similar approach to take time to reevaluate what's working, what's not, when to pivot instead of just doing what you've always done because you've always done it. So you really took the time to go, okay, wait, maybe that is actually something that if we free up this time here, we can refocus and double down in a different way that brings different types of value, different type of value or more high quality, more fine tuned value to our listeners. And so as you got to know your audience over time and and made some shifts, you actually still saw growth, but then you Mm -hmm. got to expand your reach through different platforms and different ways of of reaching people even through the podcast. Agreed. And, and, and having people on your team who aren't yes people, mm-hmm. who are super smart and capable, who will, will stand in the trenches and say, no, Stephen, I think you're wrong here, but let me explain why. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then me being smart enough and wise enough and not ego-driven enough to be able to say, hmm, that's interesting. Okay, initially I disagree with that, but why am I disagreeing so strongly? Is it because there's something in the data or is there something inside of me that is making me feel like, no, I don't want to give up on that? And if that's something inside of me, that's completely the wrong reason because we can't build a business around that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so valuable. That's brilliant. And I, I think it's so true. Oftentimes when our business is our baby, it's hard to let go of things even because we have an idea of what to hold on to. And it's useful to have that team perspective of balance where they go, Hey, wait a second here. Let's look at this in a different new way. And if you don't have a team yet, that's okay. You will, this will be great for you to think about how to establish a team. I like that you're saying, of course you want people who are wiser, you know, more experienced than you, instead of hiring people that you feel like you're always on the top, you're actually leading leaders and, and they're, coming to you with their expertise to help support the entire team grow. Yeah. And, and so within Predictive, I, there's a leadership team of three people. And so myself and Catherine Bessler, who's our director of content marketing, um, and then Eric Jensen, my business partner, uh, and he's our COO. Um, and 
and so my 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 leaders, Kat and Eric, know that uh, even though I own uh, the majority of the joint, um, you know, and Eric uh, owns the rest, I am one vote of three. That's it. Yeah. It is. It is. It has never been, nor will it ever be, the Stephen Wessner show ever. I, I have one vote of three. Yeah. Um, and, and and that has been good for our culture. That's awesome. That's very powerful. It it to me it always says a lot about a leader when you're able to co-lead hmm. in, yep. in the cooperative win-win way. Yes. Yeah. It, I think it obviously fosters a culture of connection and and continual growth. Um, I want to ask, you know, what what would you say has been the biggest surprises or challenges along the way of building your business? Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there are many. Um, well, so big, biggest, biggest challenge. I'll just give kind of the the financial train wreck. Um, you know, is it costs us a couple million dollars and missed opportunity because, um, you know, I think it was 2012, 2013 ish timeframe. Uh, you know, Darren Hardy, former publisher of Success Magazine, um, was on our board of advisors, and so I spent a lot of time with Darren. Uh, monthly, either in person, on the phone, whatever. Um, and so, you know, we, uh, he was, he was helping us work through this event plan that we had. We were going to launch an event or uh, have an event, host an event uh, called Predictive ROI Live in January of 2014 uh, at the Ritz-Carlton in Orlando. And I went big, Amanda, like big. Like we put together a $2 million operating budget. Uh, we had rented or we had um, contracted to rent nearly the entire hotel, 330 room nights out of a 425 room hotel, uh, excuse me, a thousand room nights out of, um, you know, 425 available room nights. Anyway, um, really, really big contract. And, you know, halfway through planning this event, Darren said to me, why would anybody go to this? And I'm like, well, to see you, you know, you're going to be there. Gary uh, Vaynerchuk's going to be there. Uh, you know, some other high profile people. And he's like, ah, that makes no sense. Why is somebody going to spend $8,000 to come listen to me, Gary, you and, and others? And I'm like, uh, cause it's going to be awesome. He's like, that's stupid. You like, you need to get this figured out. Like really, why is somebody going to come? Like who's going to come to this thing? And he kept asking me that over and over and over again. And I kept punting the answer to that question. And ultimately, it costs us $2 million in, you know, revenue opportunity, costs us $200,000 in cash when we had to cancel the event. Because when you cancel an event, the Marriott or Marriott Corp, you know, who owns the Ritz says, oh, gosh, that's too bad you had to cancel. Um, here's your invoice uh, for $166,000 for the rooms you didn't sleep in and uh, the food you didn't eat. Wow. Um, because, you know, that's what you said you'd agree to. Here's 50% of the, of the contract. And um, so that cost us a lot of money because I did not pay attention to one of my mentors. And that was, it was beyond silly. Uh, and I will never make that mistake again. Wow. An expensive mistake, but probably that prevented you from a lot of bigger mistakes in the future <laughs> because you learned from it. Well, yeah. I mean, so, you know, it, yeah. it, it, it literally, so when people say, oh, you know, I learned from that mistake and, uh, you know, this tuition and all that. Yeah. Um, we, we paid a lot of yeah. money, $200,000 in tuition. Yeah. That's a costly mistake. Yep. So that's interesting. And you said, what you said was that from not listening to your mentor is mm -hmm. it, so it had you listened along the way you would have known up front, like you needed to have a more substantial why 
and, and knowledge about, you know, what would you change if you could go back and magic wand that moment and go, okay, I would have listened to my mentor and, and would you have, what would you have done differently? I, I would have done all the listening and responding to his questions before we signed a contract with the Reds. Okay. So have some more strategy up front. Right. And before I signed a contract with him and with Gary, and then, you know, thankfully these guys are friends. And so I was able to loop back and say, guys, I'm really sorry. We're, we had to cancel the event. And everybody's like, that's eh, fine. We got full schedules and, 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 and all of that. No yeah. big deal. Uh, yeah. the, the, the biggest problem was, you know, with the risk because, you know, they're not friends. And so they're like, well, yeah. uh, sorry, but uh, you're still paying us anyway. Sorry, here's the bill. <laughs> right. So, yeah. so what would have made a lot of sense is for me to have had all of that strategy work done before I committed to the Ritz for all of those room nights, a thousand room nights. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. You know, something that stands out to me is the boldness of that action of just going like, Hey, I can do this. I can fill it. And they will come. And then there's also that other side of like, well, that's not always true. You've got to make sure that you have a proven model first Amen. before you, you know, spend a lot of money up front. Right. And, and yeah. so, you know, when cancel the event and I'm having sort of my lick my wounds conversation with Darren, he's like, look, Predictive ROI, you still have a good business. Your business was not the event. You yeah. still have a good business. Go out there and build your business. Use this as a platform, launch pad, plateau, whatever, and go build your business. Think about it this way, Stephen. You're, you're, like you're, you're like a teenager playing baseball. And you decided that you wanted to take some swings with the New York Yankees. <laughs> and and you're, you're, not, you're not ready to play with the Yankees. Yeah. So keep playing. Get into the minor leagues. And then, you know, at some point, maybe you will have, you know, a big event like that or, or whatever. Yeah. And, and, and who knows, maybe we will. But, um, and so that was, that was, I love sports. So that was a good metaphor for me. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I like that. Um, and this, you might have already answered this in a way, but I'm thinking about advice for staying in the game. You know, for all the listeners here, there's a wide variety of people listening. I know your audience is for mostly uh, people who have businesses that they've built to 1 million plus. Mm -hmm. So I, in my audience, I would imagine it's, a much wider audience and people who are in startups because I'm more in that phase. Okay. So it's probably who I'm drawing to my, to listen to me. What would you say for the startups in terms of staying in the game of business? I, I So let's go back to the mentorship piece. I, I think the, uh, I think it was Einstein. He's often credited with you do the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result outcome. And that's the de definition of insanity. Yeah. So I think, I think sitting down with some, people who have done what it is that you want to do and, 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 and sit down with them and ask for their mentorship and their smarts so they can give you an unbiased view of where they think your business is headed and some things that you can do to course correct and to grow and to shed debt or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. and, and, if, and if unbiased mentors looking at your business says, hey, Amanda, I think that you could do this thing or that thing or this or go talk to that person or whatever and give you a good unbiased view, then keep going. If you sit down with four or five or six mentors who have been very successful doing what it is that you like to do and they all say, it's time to punt. This thing isn't going to work. You should listen to that. Mm -hmm. um, now through that process, we, you know, when we were struggling years ago, we were sitting down and we still do sit down with mentors and, and whatnot. And they were all like, okay, you need to refine your focus. You need to drill even deeper. You need to go down this path. You need to pay off this debt. You need to get this free and, and shed that person or maybe add three people or, or whatever. They were giving us all that advice and we we're doing all of it, but none of it was ever quit. But had some of them said, you know, I think you've run the course here and there isn't, there isn't a lot of value in predictive, you know, we probably would have punted. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you had built it. I mean, you had already built it to a successful company. And then, and then at that moment where you decided to do the podcast, you had lost a big client. So the, I thought that was really interesting. You were talking about how you were a lead gen resource for people at predictive, right. but then you were struggling in that area. Do right. you, have you had good insight into what that was for you at the time? And in, in why we were struggling at it? Yeah. yeah because, because we weren't, we weren't applying the same level of discipline from a content perspective, from a marketing perspective, from just a, um, an application of our, you know, skill sets internally, you know, we, we, we were applying them externally, but not internally. And so Onward Nation actually forced us to fix all of that. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it, it made us, so the, the, sort of the age old kind of, I don't know if axiom excuse maybe is a better word, you know, in our industry is, you know, the cobbler's kids have no shoes, you know, typically an agency is going to be terrible at their own marketing. Well, that's ridiculous. And so what Onward Nation forced us to do was be better, was, Mm -hmm. was actually be excellent at our own stuff. Yeah. And And then when we got excellent at our own stuff, then people started to take notice of that and said, well, they might know what they're doing and we want that. Like nobody hires an out of shape personal trainer. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and yet we as agencies, we think, well, we're not doing this stuff for ourselves, but we're going to go try to sell it to another client tell them they should do it. Yeah. It's like, well, an out of shape, you know, personal trainer is going to say, we well, should do more cardio and eat more asparagus, but they're not doing cardio and eating asparagus. And it's like, yeah, okay. Come back yeah. to me when you've eaten some, asparagus and does some cardio. Right? Yes, absolutely. Right. So we need to be our own billboards. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Okay. Tell us, um, I could ask you a million questions, but I know, you know, when I think about listeners time, tell us what, what what are the top three max potential habits that you think got you where you are today? I, I think the first one for me is, is my daily devotional. And, 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 and so what I mean by that is I have, um, I, I know your listeners can't see it, but but I know that you can. Right behind me, there is is my daily devotion and and some of our our biggest goals for you know through the end of the year. In every single morning, I you know recite um, Matthew chapter seven verse seven through eight, which is the you know ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, and knock and the door will be open to you. Every single day, I think about our goals and I ask for that. And then, and then I'm part of my daily devotion is I seek the clients, the prospects, and the teammates that will help us accomplish that. And then I knock and I will knock on every single door that is in front of me. And whether it's open or closed, I will knock to see if it does open. But, you know, lots of people think that the law of attraction came out of the movie Secret or the law of attraction came out of something that Jim Rohn wrote or that, you know, Napoleon Hill wrote. No, it came out of the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter seven, verse seven through eight. And I recite that every single morning. And I probably do it about 20 times a day. So that's the first one. Such timeless wisdom. Yeah. I mean, it it doesn't have to be some sort of the latest guru and professional or personal development. Yeah. Read the book of Matthew. It's all in there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So daily devotional and that's related. I I love, that's so fascinating that I haven't, so far I haven't had anyone recite a Bible verse that's so clearly aligned with personal growth and development world and and all of that's come from that. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It it, it doesn't have to be more complicated than that. Ask, seek, knock. 
That, yep. I mean, really, yeah. that, that's, that's like BizDev 101, <laughs> ask, seek, knock. There it is. Yep, brilliant. Um, <laughs> and so the second one for me is, is, you know, we sort of touched on it, and that is, and that is discipline. Um, and that probably comes from my time in the service, but, but when, when I am focused on a thing, a strategy, or whatever, I am literally a dog with a bone. And, and, and so I completely ignore the shiny object syndrome and all of that other stuff. I stay 100% focused and I will drill that hole as deep as it needs to be until we strike oil. Um, that doesn't mean that I'm stubborn or that I'm not seeking advice along the way and that I want to try and not do something stupid, you know, whatever, because I've learned from past mistakes. But once I know what the course is, I am all in, in drilling that. So that's the second one. Awesome. Just, okay. The third one is, um, for me, is we win together. And, and what I mean by that is um, I am so very invested in my team. Um, you know, investing in them in time and spending one-on-one -on -one time with each of my teammates, um, investing in their personal development, uh, investing in their growth in any way I possibly can, setting big goals and mentorship every single week to help them accomplish that. Because one of our core values here is that we win together, not just as a team, but with our clients. And in order for that to happen, in order for my team to show up the way that I want them to show up, I have to be there for them. They expect it and, and they deserve it. And so I, I make sure that on a daily, weekly basis, I am spending the right level of time with all of my teammates to make sure they have everything that they need from me or the business so that we can win together. It's never, never, ever, ever, or will it ever be about me. I love that. You know, it really, it makes me want to highlight too, that I, one of my pillars is win-win relationships. And it's a very similar philosophy. And for those of you who are listening, who maybe don't have teams yet, it's about win-wins for you and your clients. It's in the people that you serve, right? So it doesn't necessarily have to be a, that it's about your team. But if you start implementing that model of creating wins all the, all the way around, and then you carry that through when you have a team to lead and to work with, so powerful. It's such a powerful way to be. Agreed. Uh, this has been incredible. Tell everyone. So I know for those of you listening, I, I know that I could spend hours asking you about your knowledge because in this book, there is a plethora of knowledge. So for anyone listening and you, you want to dig deeper into how Stephen has created a podcast that's listened to in 120 countries. This is huge, everyone. If this is the path that you want to be on, like he's saying, you know, you're not going to go to a personal growth, a personal uh, uh, trainer who is overweight. Well, Stephen has proven that he knows how to build podcasts. So at the minimum, get his book. It's called Profitable Podcasting. I'll put the link in the show notes. How else would people get a hold of you? Uh, well, they can do that at, at our website, which is predictiveroy.com. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. So, you know, we've got a, a pretty good presence there. Uh, so just hit me up on LinkedIn. Um, and, or you can drop us a note, you know, through our website. And, and I read and reply to every single email. So uh, please do let me know if I can be helpful. Awesome. And until I didn't really ask you much about predictive ROI, but it sounds like it's a marketing agency. Can you give us just a quick recap of what you do there? 
Yeah, and, and so the business models kind of morphed uh, over the last several years. And, and so is it a marketing agency? Yes. Um, we're 100% focused now on helping business owners build their thought leadership and then monetize that content. That's it. In a variety of shapes and forms, whether that's podcast, blog, video, search, you know, that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, but, but that's 100% what we're focused on, helping, helping a business owner get really, really clear about what they care about build an audience and platform around that? And then how does that hook back into their business to drive biz dev and move the business forward? As opposed to, um, not I should say opposed to, personal brand and, and that kind of stuff. It's like that's secondary. How does the business move forward as a result of having a show, having a YouTube channel, whatever. So that's, that's what we specialize in today. Okay. Wow. Sounds incredible. Everyone check it out. All the links will be in the show notes. It has been an honor and a joy to have you here. Thank you so much. For everyone listening, I will see you again soon. I hope you have a NFA day where you thrive and feel alive. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you're liking this podcast, help spread the word by subscribing, sharing, leaving a rating and a review. To connect, go to nfacoaching.com where you can join the Max Potential Habits community and get access to all of my free and paid resources. There's daily inspiration on Instagram, IGTV videos, access to the Max Potential Habits LinkedIn group, and links for working with me in the live weekly Max Potential Habits online group training, the NFA Money Magnet Habits online course, and if you're really serious about taking it to the next level, you can also schedule a Max Potential coaching consult. Until next time, I hope you have a NFA day where you thrive and feel alive.